Hey, welcome to the It Starts With You podcast. My name is Sam Adams. I am known as the Real Life Coach, and this is a podcast that is all about exploring ourselves, about us taking ownership for our lives, taking responsibility, and our experiences and our journeys into that. I get to speak to some amazing guests and some just all round downright inspirational, awesome human beings. Plus, there's the few episodes of me just sharing my experiences of life and maybe some stuff from coaching my clients. If you want to find out more about me, please head to my website, sam-adams.com. Okay, that's it from me. Here comes your episode. Okay, welcome everybody to the It Starts With You podcast, another episode in the series that I'm doing with LGBTQ athletes that are out in their sport. Um, I'm really excited about today's episode um, with the amazing Beth Allen, a professional golfer originally from America, but now in Scotland. Um, My name is Sam Adams. I'm known as the Real Life Coach. I'm a business owner and a speaker based in Brighton. And we are just going to jump straight into it. So Beth Allen, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. How exciting. (laughs) You're very welcome. Thank you for agreeing to do it. I always get a bit shocked when I reach out to professional athletes and say, do you want to come on my my random podcast? And they go, (laughs) Yeah, sure. Um, so, yeah, thank you for agreeing to do it. I really appreciate it, giving up your time. No, my pleasure. Cool. So, Beth Allen, who is Beth Allen? That, that is the question that probably the listeners, they might know you or they don't know you. For those that don't know you, um, I mean, obviously, I've done my little bit of research into you, but how about you describe who Beth Allen is? Would that be okay? Sure. Um yeah, that's a that's a heavy hitter for the first question. Um, no, I am, as you say, I'm from America. I'm originally from California. I started playing golf as a teenager, which is quite late, and um, then eventually turned pro when I was 23 and started on the LPGA Tour and then found myself playing on the Ladies European Tour where I fell in love with Europe um Scotland and my wife <laughs> so <laughs> here I am, <laughs> here I am. <laughs> in Edinburgh still as a professional golfer uh, nearly 17 years later wow wow <laughs> so yeah because you were born in California right yes yeah and then Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> look um I'm really feeling that at the moment especially with the travel restrictions and normally I would be in California training or I would be in Australia so Mm. this is my first winter in Scotland which is quite (laughs) (laughs) Um, eye-opening because yeah you're a lot of the time obviously you're not you're not in Scotland you're traveling around the world so absolutely and everybody that's their first question is why would you live in Scotland and I'm always saying it's great I love Scotland but I haven't spent a January or February here so I'm now sort of like I like it (laughs) (laughs) but I'm not loving it (laughs) but no I think um it has you know it's put some perspective um into the way other athletes other golfers have had to train growing up when I obviously had a massive advantage growing up in such a warm climate and you know basically being able to do whatever I want every day which is not the case here at all so yeah it's been interesting 
that's the massive deal. I mean, my son loves that. You know, I have a home in Spain as well. And that's the thing here, isn't it? When the weather is like it is, just getting outside is is a challenge. Yes. <laughs> and for you, how, how have you managed to sort of train and keep going? Um, so, yeah, it, it's been really challenging. I've done some things indoor, like I have a putting mat that I use inside, which, I mean, I don't love. But it's, you know, trying to work on fundamentals and things like that. And then I've been going to my golf club has nets. So I go um, and do some work in the nets, which is really strange because I'm used to seeing ball flight and things like that. But yeah. It's actually been pretty good because I've, I've not had to focus on outcome. I've been really focusing on things that I need to fix with my swing, which is often hard to do when you see where the ball's going, if that makes sense. So um, it has been a completely different way of training, which, you know, sometimes it's good to mix it up. Like, it's not my first choice, but um, I'm trying to embrace it. And you never know if I have a great season, whenever the season starts, it might be something I adopt. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's, I mean, I think routine is great, right? And especially if you're an elite athlete or sports person, you know, you need that routine of practice um, to build that skill up. Um, but sometimes it actually is quite good to change things up and change your routine. So you never know what might come off the back of it. No, exactly. And it is like, as you know, it's difficult to be your own boss as well. So, you know, waking up yeah. every morning and not actually knowing what is what the weather's going to be like. And it's it's difficult to plan. And I'm a big planner. <laughs> so okay. and, um, a little bit of a challenge, but also maybe good for me, you know? Yeah, sure. Yeah, it is difficult if you like to plan ahead and I can be quite random and quite spontaneous, so it's not not so bad for me. Plus, part of my job is mindset and stuff all day long. So. <laughs> but I am definitely having to use all my skills right now, by the way. <laughs> it is tough. Do you have um, support in that area with you, with your golf? Do you have a coach that helps mm -hmm. you with you? My coach is Ian Ray. He um, has been working with professionals and amateurs for long 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 time um and he's great I originally my dad coached me he was a professional in San Diego and then um when he passed away he sort of gave the reins to another coach that I had in California and then when I started really focusing just on Europe it was too difficult to work with somebody in the states especially the west coast and I decided to start seeing Ian who is you know a really established and great golf coach and I've been with him for gosh probably seven years right cool so, yeah I mean she obviously you touched on on your dad there and, and that's obviously I'm assuming how you got into the game but you said you were a bit of a late starter not starting to your teenage years were you into sport and things like that before that and I played everything um and i my entire family are golfers. My mom's a great golfer. Um, my brother's really good. And obviously my dad, that was his business. So um, I think I was lucky that it wasn't pushed on me at all. Um, they sort of let me play whatever I wanted, but were very invested in all of the sport I did. My dad was my basketball coach as well. And you know, <laughs> he, really, he really, really, you know, encouraged me to play sport. Um, and then 
I think because I was a typical teenager, I just thought to myself, well, I don't want to play golf. Everybody plays golf. Um, and <laughs> finally I um, started playing um, because my high school started a women's golf team and they knew I, you know, I could play a little bit, but I never properly played. They just thought oh, your dad's a pro. So, yeah. <laughs> and I, so I, I, I went for it and um, I obviously had really good instruction and, and a golf course to play on and all of this, the tools. And mm. um, I eventually got pretty good quite quickly and ended up getting a scholarship to play in university, which was great. Yeah. I mean, that's nice to hear that your dad didn't push you into it and he was just supportive of whatever you did because, you know, you do get the pushy parents, though you can get them. But it's yeah, nice I mean, when I got really good, it definitely was, it was oh, intense. Okay. But, um, <laughs> it wasn't a push. It was just a very, it was, you know, he caddied for me a bit and it was just very, it was full on. But I think, yeah. um, you know, I couldn't have done it without him. So I, you know, it's it was a, it was a great relationship, and you know, one I miss. Um, but yeah. like I said, he um, he has instilled a lot of of things in me that I uh, I don't think I would have got from from anybody else. Very resilient. Yeah, sure. <laughs> how how long did your dad caddy for you? For? He caddied for me, so I qualified for the LPGA in 2005, and then he um, caddied for me the first half of the year, um, and then was diagnosed with cancer probably um, about eight months into my career, and then got too sick to caddy and then passed away. So, um, yeah, I mean, he still was able to travel to some events, but caddying's hard work. So he wasn't able to carry the gloves and, you know, walk miles and stuff. So he still traveled to quite a few events and taught me. As yeah. Well. How was that having your dad caddy for you? Because my dad, my, sadly, it's my dad's birthday today and he only passed away six months ago. So mm -hmm. that whole oh. first things you're having to go through. Um, and I'm, as I said, I've got a property business I've had for over 20 years and my dad used to come and help me. And he taught me a lot. To be fair, it's probably the reason I got into property was my dad. Um, but when we used to work together, sometimes it would be would be challenging. Let me just put it like that. I mean, we never massively fell out, but there was a few heated words. Because um, at the end of the day, you know, on the golf course, if your dad's a caddy and you're you're playing golf, it's a it's a working relationship, right? Big time. Um, I find it really difficult to for you know people I'm close with the caddy for me at all. Like. Um, <laughs> It is, it is, it's work, it's business, and it can be distracting, but yes, um, it was definitely hard, and looking back on it, it I was 23 years old, you know, so I wasn't, um, I don't think I was probably as patient with him as I could have been, and he, vice versa, um, <laughs> so I was really not, I wasn't very experienced, and he you know, probably expected a lot more from me and really wanted it a lot, probably wanted it more than even I did. Yeah. Um, and that really, really showed. And especially, obviously, now that I can reflect on it, it mm. was quite, it was, uh, well, he wasn't a, a guy that expressed a lot of emotion, but he did say to me, you know, that I basically made his dream come true, you know, when I, when I made it. Um, and yeah. like, that was, you know, that was, really special for me um and it's you know I 
think back on it sometimes and and um I wish I did more because you know that was that that's probably one of the best things I ever witnessed yeah no I could I'm getting emotional I'm a bit emotional today anyway but I'm getting emotional and emotional when you're saying that because my dad like your dad wasn't he wasn't emotional he never he never even told me he loved me mm-hmm. uh, or that he was proud of me so you know I know what that's like having a father like that so you know to hear that from from him uh, yeah I can imagine how special that though hearing those words from him um, yeah, it was, and it was like I knew it, but I didn't, you know, as he sounds like your dad was similar. Um, mm-hmm. I knew it, but when he said it, it made it very real. And um, yeah, so I think that was part of the reason why when he got sick, I continued to play. I never came home. He said, you know, he didn't want me to. So um, yeah, I didn't come home. I, I I didn't really get to say goodbye. I just I just kept going. Yeah. Um, and then I came back, obviously, for his celebration, we called it. Um, but I didn't, you know, it was not the way I probably would have wanted it, but I knew it was what he wanted. So, that. you know, my dad had cancer as well. Um, and he got sick. So last January he broke his hip, but he already had cancer and then he found cancer elsewhere. Um, and I sort of, I, I used to spend a lot of time in Spain and I came and I kept wanting to come back because I knew my dad was sick. So I did and eventually come back. My marriage broke down anyway. Um, and I know, I remember my dad saying, don't, why are you here every day? Don't be here. Go and do the thing. I know you want to go and do things and, you know, which I do. I have big goals about coaching and supporting people. And and, uh, and I was like, no, I'm, I'm just going to be here every day. And these <laughs> But he didn't want me to be there every day. He, he would sound like your dad's like, go do your thing, you know, go and do the, your goals and your dreams. And, you know, my dad was very sort of like, you know, this is this is what happens, you know, this is, yeah, yeah so I, I totally get it. But it's very hard. Like, I couldn't, I couldn't leave. I mean, I wasn't a professional golfer at the end of the day, so yeah. but, you know, I just couldn't go. I just was like, no, I have to, it's just what I had to do. But yeah. I imagine that, yeah, that, that, was incredibly hard for you to to make that decision but you knew that you made your dad incredibly proud probably by actually continuing yeah I'm sure he felt that so thank you for sharing that with us that's really it's really nice um I mean when you did your introduction you did kind of say like you know you won the let order of merit and you're the only American to do that and you took you know you were the you know the the tour wins you've had because you've had some successes like like you know you've had some good wins and to mm. be an American to win the let sort of order of merit that's pretty special right yes um yeah absolutely I think uh, I have achieved more than I ever anticipated which is sounds weird but I as I said I started late um, I always just enjoyed competing and when I graduated from college I applied for grad school and then I went to LPGA qualifying school and I said right well whatever (laughs) whatever happens I have something and then qualified for the LPGA and thought okay I'll do this for a bit Um, and then got the opportunity to come and play in Europe and I thought this is a great vehicle to do some traveling you know it's like <laughs> and just kept going. And then I um, you know, I found some success in Europe and um I just got better and better and and that sort of made my desire grow and grow to do 
more and um, suddenly it was in front of me in 2015 when I won um, the British Masters and now it's called the Ladies European Masters. I, um, it was really emotional, like it was, I never expected to do it. Um, and I had been in contention that same event about three years before and completely gassed it. Um, made triple on the 17th hole to lose by one. Wow. Um, and that, like, I didn't sleep for two weeks. It genuinely, you no know, thought of it makes me sick. And um, yeah. <laughs> I uh, then went to that same event, you know, the next two years and wasn't very successful. And then came back in 2015 and had a really great final round to, to win. Um, and it was the best. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah it was amazing and then we had a you know an epic party and um right. I finished you know in the top five in the order of merit which was you know was really I that I obviously played well in other events that year too so um that got me into a couple majors the following year which was fantastic and then um in 16 I just you know well, Claire and I, my wife got engaged in 2015 as well. And obviously we got married in 16. And I think everything was just, I was riding the, the wave of it? You know, your feelings and your emotions impact your performance. And that's something I talk a lot about in the coaching that I do with my clients and helping them sort of connect back to themselves and how they're showing up and who they're really being. Because when, you know, how you feel, impacts how you perform right as well that all I believe well I believe it all has a, a, a massive uh, impact on not only your performance but your training and everything in your relationships and everything Absolutely. else so, yeah I can agree more I'm like a perfect example of that I think in um I, you know I won twice in 2016 um got married and then the following weekend you know finished third in the Scottish Open like it was just everything what could have distracting was not at all it was just it was great I was flying high and and it was brilliant so um yeah and obviously things haven't been going to plan as much but that doesn't mean I'm unhappy I think it no. just is um trying to navigate you know when you're on top and things sort of start to go south it's um it's something I'm not familiar with because I hadn't been on top before. So I'm yeah. still trying to work it out, mm. um, which is, you know, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. We learn from all of these things, right? I mean, obviously you said about that, that loss and where you basically gassed it and three, what did you say? Three, did you, on the 17th? Triple on 17th. Triple on 17th. And it was like from nowhere. It wasn't even... It was Norman, as I call it. <laughs> it was really like it was bad. Um, <laughs> so, so, how did that impact you then mentally? And obviously, because you said for two weeks, you. So, I'm really just interested just to explore that a little bit, if you don't mind. I know it's obviously not the greatest memory, but yeah, you know how that really did impact you and what you learned from that. Um, I certainly learned that I didn't know how much I wanted it until I had it and it was gone. Um, and 
that was the biggest because I, I think I often would kid myself on and say I'd, I, I like I mentioned before I do really enjoy golf and competing and I never it was but it was never a dream it was never something you know I wasn't the little girl in high school uh, if you asked me what I wanted to do I never said I want to be on the LPGA tour or anything like that I just mm. you know I was very I think I was quite present I was always my next step was I want to play sport in university. I want to get a scholarship because that mm. was a really cool idea to me. I didn't care like if it was golf or basketball or softball or anything. I just wanted to be on a team. Yeah. And I wanted to, you know, be a part of something. And um, so then I achieved that. And then it was sort of like, okay, what's next? And And then I think my first taste of, what could actually be was when I lost that event in 2014. Mm -hmm. um, and I thought, right, what do I do now? How, you know, this is, it was really bad at first, but then when I look back on it, I thought actually I'm good enough to win. I know that now. So yeah. how do we, how do we get there? Yeah, I think that's a really great lesson, isn't it? It's like you, that you've had a taste of it. Maybe you weren't quite ready mentally or whatever. You know, who knows with life and the universe and all of that. But it gave you that that uh, confidence, I guess, to know that actually, yeah, I can do this. Mm -hmm. When it comes next time, I'm going to be more ready. Yeah, it, absolutely. So, um, yeah, I mean, I can't even remember exactly what I did to because <laughs> gosh, <laughs> I, met that, I said 2014 there, but that was, I think it was actually 12 that that happened. But anyway, I won in 15. Yeah, it was three years before, wasn't it? Before you won. So 2012 and you won in yeah. 2015, right? Yeah, yeah. I can't believe it was that long ago. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, I can't remember exactly. I think, I don't know, I think um, golf and every sport, especially golf, I think because it's an individual sport, you have to have so much confidence and self-belief and um, it when that happened I think I got more self-belief yeah rather than what could have gone the other way yeah absolutely yeah because let's be honest it could go that way couldn't it it could have been you know like well that's it you know capitulate completely and and not come back from from that I mean mm -hmm. I know something that I really want in my business and my you know with my work uh it didn't happen it was gonna happen it didn't happen at the 11th hour and I, I actually got upset for literally like 30 seconds and I just thought, actually, now I know it's possible and when it comes next time, I'm going to be ready. I was yeah. really able to flick it really quickly rather than I could have gone into a bit of a tailspin. So it's having that mindset and that resilience to be able to to flick the switch and you rethink your thinking, I always call it, um, to put yourself in a better position and, and move on from that and become more resilient from that and grow from that. So, yeah. yeah. I know, and it, it was great that I, I, mean, I also didn't know I could do that. <laughs> when I did that I just thought okay well that's good too because yeah you know, it's not the easiest it's not the easiest skill to have so no do, do you get any help with anything like that your mindset is there help in the game yeah so I worked with I've worked with a couple of people um I, I worked a long time with um a man called Dr. Joe Parent he wrote a book called Zen Golf um, oh yeah Zen Pink so I worked for, oh, we did eight years together. Um, and then I worked with Carl Morris, who's 
based in Manchester. He's a performance coach. Um, and my Ian Ray, definitely, he's basically, well, he's my technical coach, but he also is, you know, he's in love with golf. Like, he knows he's a very educated guy when it comes to the game. So he obviously implements lots of mental things as yeah. well. So yeah. I've recently um, started a course um, called, well, it's with Vision 54, who Lynn and Pia are based in Arizona, but they've worked with loads of people like Annika, um, a lot of amazingly successful people. And it's just a 12-week course that I'm doing now kind of to share. Um, and then recently I've also started kind of getting into hypnotherapy but it's very new so um yeah I think it's you know I, I've been on tour for a really long time and I don't think that one method works forever um so I like to especially now I'm, I'm wanting to explore other things yeah awesome yeah that's it I guess the further you get down in your career you sort of start thinking about what else do you want to do and other things you might do after you stop you know being on tour um which i know for a lot of elite athletes and sports people is is can be a challenge if you don't sort of start thinking about it and you know when you get to the end as it were <laughs> you know so it is a scary and exciting thought but yeah i mean i want to try and I'm very lucky, like golf is, you know, um, I have friends on tour who are 19, I have friends on tour who are 54. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And I think that's amazing. That's one of the best parts of the sport. Yeah. Um, and I, as long as I can financially, I, I want to keep going because um, I, I love it. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, I'm a big believer and I help people find what, you know, what it is that they love and what they want to do with their life because you know, life's so much easier when you're doing the things you love, right? It just you know, don't have to think about it. It doesn't feel like work. Um, yeah, things flow a lot better. So, yeah, absolutely keep going. Um, obviously, the podcast is about LGBTQ people in sport and coming out and, and you know, being out and being role models, I guess. Um, how's your journey been to sort of, I guess, on a personal level coming out to your family or, or even to yourself or, or if you even have to do any of that, what, what was your journey like for you personally? Yeah, it was um, not, not dissimilar to my career really. Like I, I'd never had much thought about my sexuality. I dated boys when I was in high school. Um, I then when I went to university, you know, I, I had thoughts didn't really act on them but um then when I got on tour I met somebody um and had a relationship my first relationship with a woman and it was really not um non-eventful <laughs> which <laughs> I think is um probably I think I'm, I'm probably really lucky I haven't had much hardship from you know from being gay, but um, I do think, I mean, I never came out to my dad, sadly. But I, I like think that probably would have been difficult. Right. Um, I am also very lucky that I was brought up in Southern California, which is a very liberal sort of place. I think that made a big difference in the way I sort of 
computed all my thoughts because I never, you know, when I recognized that I was attracted to women, I never thought, well, that's not right. I always just said, okay, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would not have been me. <laughs> um, so yeah, I know. I think I've a very, I've had a different, um, a, certainly a different experience to a lot of my friends. Um, so uh, I've, and I have been really lucky. My mom is the best human I've ever known. So she has always been outrageously supportive in my career in my love life in every mm-hmm. decision I've ever made as well so <laughs> she yeah it's great and then you know my brother's just a dude who is really laid back <laughs> and mm-hmm. um and obviously my wife's family is incredibly wonderful too so um we've been really lucky and it was important to me when we got engaged that I didn't make um, a big deal out of anything. I just said, I'm, you know, I'm marrying Claire and I was getting a lot of attention at the time and I just wanted it to be very normal. I didn't want, you know, I'm a massive advocate for um, gay rights and it's a big part of my life. Like I enjoy, um, a majority of my friends are gay. And, and stuff but like I really wanted it to be you know somebody like a man at a golf club to read a paper and say oh yeah I know her and she's marrying a woman Mm. great yeah Yeah. so it is I mean obviously did you did you have that defining moment with you accepting your sexuality and also the defining moment sort of telling your mum or was it just kind of like quite fluid it was really fluid it was (laughs) It was really, um, yeah, it was sort of like, you know, I introduced my first girlfriend to my family. I didn't even really have to say, you know, if, you know, what, I just said, this is who I'm, you know, this is my partner, um, Sue. (laughs) And, um, like, that, there we go. And... (laughs) Well, it wasn't like, um, it wasn't really a, a thing, which is kind of incredible. I don't, I don't really know how that happened because <laughs> I, you know, that that's, I mean, at the end of the day, it's how it should be really, isn't it? But, you yeah. know, sadly, we're not, not quite where we need to be <laughs> no. with some of that stuff. And it's not, you know, it's easier for some, depending on culture family where you know where you live all of those things come into play don't they and also you know what we get to see in the media and on tv and stuff like that all plays its part and us on this journey to you know get us in a position where it really doesn't matter this is just my partner and it doesn't matter about gender or anything like that but we're not there yet sadly um and, and that's why you know we we need more role models um you know yeah. You know, I'm I'm like 53, so when, you know, for me growing up and feeling like I was gay, I felt like a complete freak. I felt, all, you know, I just, the horrible time I went through as a teenager and growing up and in my 20s just, because uh, we didn't have any role models, there was no one on TV, I didn't know anyone that was gay, mm-hmm. and certainly I was, yeah, cautious of my family and, you know, my father, yeah, both my parents struggled with it. Um so yeah, completely different time, but still we have moved on, I feel, but 
not yeah. a, ways, a ways to go and all that. Absolutely. You know. And I think especially in golf, but of course that's my profession. So I know more about it, but yeah. But I am keen to explore this with you because like I've, I've yeah. spoke to athletes, an international swimmer and international uh, netballer, you know, gymnast, all sorts. It's been bloody fascinating. It really, really has. And there are some sports where it seems it might be easier to be out um, than others. And golf doesn't seem to be. And I've, I can't remember the guy's name, but I did speak to somebody from England golf and had a really interesting conversation with him. I spoke to him for two hours and I can't remember his name. That's terrible, isn't it? Um, but anyway, about, you know, golf and how inclusive it is. I mean, what's, what's your view? Uh, well, I'd say life on tour and life as a, a normal person at a golf club are completely two different things. I think on tour is not an issue. There's a lot of us um, there, uh, and even the majority of, I've honestly really haven't come across another player that has a problem with it. Yeah. Um, I, but I think your run of the mill golf club, especially in the UK, it's not, it's definitely, it's just not a diverse, really, it's not a massively diverse sport. I don't think that's a secret. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I think that it's it's difficult, you know, it makes the the main demographic of people who play golf a little bit uncomfortable to talk about change <laughs> for yeah. one. Um, yeah. And then, you know, sexuality and other, like, it's just, it's, it's something that I'm, I'd love to change. And mm -hmm. if I can help, I, I certainly, I want to. Um, there's an organization here in Scotland that is is trying to form an LGBTQ group for golfers. Um, and that's all very new. So hopefully that that does start because I think it's intimidating for, you know, it's, it's all fine for me. I'm really good. <laughs> if somebody yeah. has to go at me for being gay, I just go, okay, from beat me then. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's never going to happen. Like I've never had that because it's never – you know, I don't think that is, you know, that's not what I lead with everybody. So that's Beth, the professional golfer who mm. happens to be married to Claire. It's never, mm. it, and whereas the other way it could be if, you know, if you're just a normal person joining a golf club who's, you know, has, has, is, who's gay or trans or mm. it's not that simple. No. No, it's it's an uncomfortable play. I found it very uncomfortable when I first started playing. I played a couple of times before I really started playing when I was in my early 40s. And one of my friends is a really keen golfer. Her dad, she played golf with her dad from like, when she's this big, you know, so she was ingrained in her. And I used to, we used to, our birthdays around the same time. So once a year I'd go and play golf with her just as like our thing to do. I mean, I was terrible. But less, I'm now less terrible. I'm still terrible, by the way. But I was less, I was even more terrible then because it was once a year, like, and I was just hacking my way around. But she was always a member of a golf club, and I just remember it, just feeling like that's why I don't think I took it up until much later because I kind of liked it, but I just it didn't feel like a place I felt comfortable to be. And I had a lot of that growing up as a kid. Um, so yeah, it felt, and then I did join a golf club in Brighton and which okay. isn't the most diverse place by the way. Um, but certainly a lot more gay people there than, than, than your average, but there's not a lot of black people or, you know, people from different ethnicities. And I always felt very uncomfortable in those situations. So me rocking up black and gay and female in a golf yeah. environment, 
It's not really the most welcoming of places, to be fair. No, I can imagine, and that's like I'm. I hate to hear that, but um, I also am very aware that that's the case, and and yeah. it's. I think it's going to be really hard to change, but we have to because. Yeah. I mean, the sport is never going to grow if we don't embrace everybody. And no, exactly. It's just. It would be a shame. Um, and you know, I'd like to think that. Um, I hopefully changed a few minds, you know, along the way, you know, yeah. in the pro-am, I'm always hesitant to, not always, you know, I kind of vet the person in the beginning because it always comes up because golf, especially in the pro-am format, mm. we're having a conversation for four and a half hours. That's the point for me as a professional. I'm entertaining people who are sponsors. Yeah. And of course, it's natural to talk about your personal life are you married I wear rings you know what does your husband yeah. do yeah. <laughs> always always still. And I one my wife and then yeah. you know sometimes it's a brush under the rug situation and then other times it's uh, sometimes I get surprised by yeah. how you know how a guy that I may not expect to be you know and embrace the situation they do and I think the more like I said before, my my philosophy for me is to be the most, you know, normal kind of girl you would go to the pub with and play golf with and then have them be surprised at like, oh, right, I actually like a gay person. And then yeah. keep them, like, um, yeah. you know, keep them in check and say, right, well, this is, you know, that, that they aren't all that stereotype whatever that stereotype is that they have conjured yeah. um I, I that's something that i'm i really try and do do you feel like you have to work harder you know because of your sexuality because you you know obviously like you say pro-ams and things like that that's, and that's one of the things by the way that when i started to join when i joined the club and then i started joining competitions i was thinking you know, to be honest, my club was a lot of middle middle class white women, quite frankly. And mm. I like I spent four hours walking around the course with this person. That means my personal life, like you said, your personal life is going to come into the conversation, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and I was married at the time, you know, and I, I had I have two children as well, you know. So it's sort of like don't want to have those conversations, quite frankly. Um, and and a part of me is like, and I, I do, and I, actually, from being black. Um, always made me feel like I had to try harder, um, and uh, you know, just to to show I'm a good person, I'm a kind person, and you know, all of those things. And then then there's another layer of your sexuality, which I kind of sense in from you with you know with your sexuality. That's you know, I just want to show people that actually I'm a normal regular human being. You know, I I know how to laugh, I know how to cry, I know how to engage, I know how to be happy, and you know, do you know what I mean? Just a regular yeah, kind of person. I totally know what you mean, and I think that sometimes I forget that maybe I do have to feel that, you know, that I need to work a little bit harder because I'm constantly around people, like, that I'm really close with, especially right now. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but, you know, a lot of the tour, like I said, I've got a lot of gay friends. A lot of my the people I spend time off the course with are, are also gay. So when I'm in a situation um like a pro-am or a dinner or something like that yeah, I kind of you know maybe I, I just I, I do that sort of unconsciously yeah and I don't really have time to recognize it because I'm 
you know, there's not a whole lot in my life where I need to. Yeah. Um, but obviously when I finish playing that, that will change, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, that'll be something that I probably need to, um, pay attention to. Yeah, sure. I mean, it, it's, you know, golf is such a great game. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. it, it would be it would be so awesome to get more people playing and yeah. you know more the more of the message out there for women especially to play but you know for us to be able to rock up and just be ourselves you know one of the things i always hate about golf is like what you're supposed to wear like when yeah. i first started playing my friend might you need to wear make sure you wear like a collar shirt or like oh, i don't have one and like you need yeah. to wear one i'm like what and i can't play if i don't she's like nope i'm like i just found all of that really weird you know just yeah. like you know that that's it's getting yeah. better you yeah. know it is getting better, but there's some stuffy stuff, isn't there, in golf that Definitely. doesn't make a lot of sense. I know what you mean, and it's a, it's a tricky one, obviously, because I was grew up in the in golf world and my family. Is, my dad was very, very classic, old school golf pro who, right. you know, you know, had to have my shirt tucked in and all of that. And I was not. <laughs> I mean, I was not into that, but I understand it, and I understand that part of the culture I don't necessarily love it but yeah. I um and the best thing I think that's happening right now in regards to that is I think you know your golf companies like Adidas and Nike and they're making golf clothes that are cool yeah. and um you know there's all sorts of brands I think there's very little like classic golf gear in a normal pro shop anymore i don't think and and i think that's great and the golf shoes that i wear they're like air maxes literally yeah <laughs> so, and yeah, i love that better, isn't it yeah and you know that was not it wasn't like that 15 years ago so i'm hoping that things evolve quickly <laughs> um but for, on that front for sure i know we have a lot of work to do socially but um with you know the the stuffiness and and stuff i think those golf clubs can exist and if people want to join them fine but i don't think it needs to be blanketed all over golf yeah yeah absolutely i think there's a lot of work i know england golf are doing a lot of work and they uh, they were part of um rainbow laces um yeah because your wife is part of scottish golf isn't she she's yeah. direct, she performance director i think mm -hmm. yeah, so, yeah yeah so she's definitely obviously i mean same I mean everybody is very respectful of of our relationship and um you know I think she's a great role model for for all the young people that she looks after because again it is just another somebody that you know everybody knows is out and that's just another person that you know whether a boy or a girl if they're I mean, that's just it's someone that they can see that's yeah. in, a, in a high position that is out. So it's great. Yeah, that's amazing. That's, it's just having those role models, isn't it? And mm -hmm. for our younger generation and grassroots as well to to look up to and look to. Uh, yeah, I think that I think that's amazing. And I wish I'd been born like 25 years later <laughs> than I was now. <laughs> yeah, but now you're spreading the word. You're doing good things. Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm trying to. So, do you think? What do you think? You know, is there something in particular you think that can be done within the within the within the game that that can sort of make it more inclusive than not doing or around the LGBTQ community? Because I know, like in 
Um, athletics, there's Athletics Pride Network that's been um, developed or is developing. That's going sort of international, which is great. Mm. Um, women have got a similar Pride Network. So there's a few little network things happening. Is there something like that in golf? Because I don't know of it if there is. Um, um, that's a good question. Um, there should be because yeah. there's many of us. Um, I know in Scotland we've got Leap and that's yeah. – yeah. So um, I've, you know, spoken to them a little bit. But mm. I think what the LPGA is doing right now in the States is really good um, just on diversity full stop. You know, they're, mm. you know, showcasing women – from all cultures, genders, races, well, not genders, obviously, but race and sexuality. And they're really introducing us to those people. And they're not, you know, just showing the same sort of the typical, I don't know what that is anymore, but it, they are doing a really, they're making a really big move, you know, to, to make sure that they're showing everybody yeah absolutely yeah that's you know for young girls playing golf that don't have people that look like them it's it's hard so it's great that the lpga is trying to you know push that yeah 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 absolutely needs to be done we need to see that diversity in those different role models we're so used to in sports seeing men um men's names and post you know well men's faces you know on the billboard and uh, and everything and uh, that that I see that slowly changing I know there was one I can't remember what what it was but I know Mel was was in amongst the men on that there was a I can't remember what what it was I saw it was a big golfing thing anyway and there was a bunch of men but Mel was up there they they put one up there they put Mel on it but um you know at least that's one right <laughs> yeah no they, there's there's starting to become more mixed events which is really cool so yeah. that, that helps both of us I think that it, it obviously helps us because we get more eyes watching women's golf, but I think it helps the men too because they can kind of, you know, remember that move in um, the NBA when the NBA guys were starting to wear like WNBA stuff and yeah. push for, you know, and I think that if we, the more we do that with the PGA or the European tour, I think the more that they'd be, you know, you see Justin Rose. He's amazing, you know, right? to support the yeah to I mean he's doing stuff that nobody else is so yeah. it would be yeah. great for him to you know maybe inspire a few other guys to you know help women too yeah yeah absolutely yeah no Justin's doing some great things it's great I get excited when I see a Justin Rose tweet see what because mm -hmm. he's just such an advocate for the women's game and um it's really yeah really really cool to see and we need more more guys to get involved and yeah Really uh, yeah. the game up really a lot of them have daughters it's crazy not to think that's the thing isn't it you think you've all got a mother and a lot of you have probably got a daughter and, and and maybe that's that's the tipping point that some of them need to think you know that actually when they start thinking about that and if they've only got daughters and they want to take their daughters you know to the golf club then they start thinking about it a little bit more um yeah definitely i think that makes a big difference yeah so it's it's, it's great to see justin getting involved um, I'm a bit conscious of time. Uh, it was great talking to you, by the way. I'm absolutely loving this conversation. So thank you so much again. Um, let me, I just wanted to ask you, like, what are your sort of goals and aspirations going forward? It's obviously a really difficult time. I think you should be in Australia right now, shouldn't you? Yeah. 
<laughs> I absolutely should be. Not just for the gulf, right? Uh, for the weather. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I think um, currently I, I, my goal is to um, make sure that I am not, you know, that I'm doing my best every day to get a little bit better. <laughs> yeah, that's a great goal. That's one of mine every day. Um, and it, it hasn't, I think it, that hasn't been very easy in the past, like before coronavirus and all this. I think that mm. that was really hard for me to do. But I think that's just because life was moving quickly. Um, and now that it is, it's given me a little bit of time to work on myself and things that need to be worked on to improve my golf and sort of create more headspace um, to get me into that sort of 2016 mentality where the only thing I'm worried about is playing really good golf and um, that, you know, not necessarily a worry, but it's the only thing that, you know, so I'm working on that. Um, and I think one of my big goals for 2021 season, whenever that may start, um, <laughs> <laughs> would be to finish in the top 10 in the order of merit again. I think that's absolutely doable. Um, you know, some people don't like to make goals like that specific, but um, I that's something that I want. Um, and then just sort of, you know, and keep enjoying it. But, yeah. yeah, so I think that's kind of, that's kind of the being the, the too at the moment. No, it's amazing. You know, I think it's important to have goals. Obviously, uh, I'm a coach, but I think you know, you know, if you don't know where you're going, it's very, you know, take any route. What are you doing? You're flapping about in the wind, quite frankly. Um, mm -hmm. but, you know, you've got to have something to aim at. In, in my opinion, it doesn't matter what it is because we're all different, and success mm -hmm. is something different to all of us, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, actually, it's a good question about success. So, you know, do you feel like you've been successful? What does success look like for you? Yeah, I've been a little bit hard on yourself, actually. Yeah, I mean, I think everyone's, I've, I'm, I'm sure everyone's hard on themselves, and I've almost never met a golfer that's not hard on themselves. So, um, yeah, but I think I'm really proud of my career, like already. Yeah, which no. is, <laughs> I mean, honestly, but you know, I know, like you say, for you know, but I'm not an elite athlete, but in your field, like I guess you know. It, well, it just means different things to different people, doesn't it? Actually, mm -hmm. for me, success really, there's two things to being successful is that I show up in the world as the real me and I didn't do that for a very long time and mm -hmm. that I live a life where of freedom, which means my week, my way, and I've done that for 21 years. So that's great. Uh, you know, because, you know, if you can wake up every day and get, well, I get to decide, I get to choose, which working for myself affords me that. Um, and the first one about being myself, which is what I help a lot of people do, and I, why I love doing that is when you live from that place, you are probably likely to be fulfilled and happy because you're just being yourself. Mm -hmm. um, you're not pretending to be something you're not, and it's very freeing just to be yourself and be okay with it. Um, so that, those are kind of mine, but I'm not an elite athlete. If I was, yeah. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, I do have business goals and things like that, but you know, ultimately success is, you know, you can have all the money in the world at the end of the day and win all the all the glory and all the gold but if you're not mentally happy and fulfilled um and and not able to be yourself then life can be a very dark place i think 
100 percent. yeah yeah i think um i tried to it, it was weird you know before i experienced a whole lot of success i even felt like i had done something that so many other people hadn't done and i know that doesn't matter but uh for me i just thought i was able to live out a dream for a really long time and I got to experience so many things, you know, traveled and met people from all over and yeah. golf all around the world and stuff. And I was, you know, I was proud of that. And then when I, you know, started to play really well, like that was just sort of the cherry on top, you know? Yeah. Um, and now that I have done well and I have the opportunity to speak to people like you and maybe tell my story a little bit, um that's something that is important to me too yeah I mean and that's it you know like all elite sport and athletes like you know when you're at the top of the game like you you are and you know some of the other people that I've spoken to you're in such a minority why would you not be you know because there's millions of golfers right golfers are golfing is such a massive game such a massive sport there's millions of us you know me I would love to be able to you know be where you are you know so and it's so good to hear that you actually you really recognize that and you really really appreciate that for what it is that you have have been afforded this opportunity to have this life and to play at the highest level definitely um and yeah i think <laughs> i know i think it's i'm i'm i don't know you know my mom and dad probably they and they gave me that gift probably a little bit um I, and I am so happy that I brought it because, you know, I can't wait to go to the next event. And there's a lot of people that don't really like to travel, but they love golf, you know. So yeah. I'm sort of like, I love the experience. And then, and I'm, and of course, I enjoy competing and golf is great too. But like all three combined is the best thing ever. Yeah, I, I can kind of see that now. I never used to, I, a fear of flying. I say I have, I kind of did have, kind of like, it's still there a little bit. It gets training on the turbulence factor. Um, but it's not until I sort of got to like 50, like, I really haven't seen any in the world and I really want to travel. Um, so like my ambition now really is to travel the world whilst coaching and speaking and because that would just, and, and the, uh, sorry, the other thing on the back of that is and, and rocking up and watching live events wherever I go, because, you know, last year, year I should have traveled to the Olympics and all sorts. Um, and so one thing the pandemic's done for me is realize that I can do my coaching online. Like mm -hmm. I don't have to be present with people, I, you know, we get great results and, uh, great outcomes for people and it's been amazing so I know that I can go anywhere in the world and do what I do so I've sort of I'm hoping that I'm going to get paid to play speak in places where there's really cool live sporting events going on yeah. and that, that would just be my nirvana I'd just be super happy if that, I can make that happen that um, sounds awesome yeah and that's kind of what you're doing right you're getting to live yeah. your dream and see the world so that's amazing mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that um, it's important for all of all, all my colleagues to remember that too, you know, and it's easy to be really down <laughs> when you're not playing well. It's really easy. <laughs> so, you know, but it doesn't have to be that way. What um, uh, do you, just going to finish up shortly, I've kept you quite a long time, but um, what's, when do you hope to be back? Have you got any idea? I mean, it's really difficult, I guess, as we're thinking May, um, and I'm anticipating more June. Right. 
So still quite a while. And it's frustrating because you see the men over in the Middle East and playing and having, you know, they've got quite a few events um, coming up. And and then in the States, the LPGA is getting started in a couple of weeks and they're going to have quite a robust schedule. But mm-hmm. it's so hard for the LET, you know, where we don't play for quite as much money as the LPGA. We certainly don't play for anywhere near the amount that the European tour plays for. Um, yeah. But we still have to go to different countries. And that's the trickiest bit with the virus. Whereas in the States, the LPGA, they're just traveling, you know, just in in America. And they don't have to deal with every country's different, you know, requirements yeah. for the virus. So it's extra tricky for us. Um, but hopefully, you know, hopefully we'll get vaccinated soon or whatever i just hope that that we get a chance to play again yeah this year thank you so much Beth. um just a couple of really quick fast questions if you don't yeah. mind favorite, favorite course um oof, God, that's like the hardest one i <laughs> for i think emotional reasons i'll go tory pine south because that's where yeah yeah but yes i get there's there's so many it's difficult so i'll go with my heart there (laughs) you're welcome i don't say why i don't know why i'm saying you're welcome Uh, favorite player i guess your favorite player to play with um and, and maybe your favorite player sort of just who inspired you or you know just your favorite player I think my favorite player to play with is Laura Davies. Um, <laughs> Laura, now I'm going to have to ask you off when we finish. <laughs> she's uh, not, I mean, she's an inspiration for a lot of reasons. I really admire the way she actually, um, you know, I, I admire the way she plays golf. I also really admire attitude uh, and her longevity. So, so much banter so like we always have a laugh when we play and I always feel like not necessarily relaxed because obviously I'm playing with a dame but um <laughs> I do always she's just a human, she's just a human. <laughs> no um and then I guess my favorite player to really to watch is Phil Nicholson I love him oh okay mm-hmm. cool that's interesting yeah that's that's really interesting all right and uh, four words to describe yourself um outgoing um mm. outgoing. <laughs> uh, honest um impatient <laughs> yeah me too <laughs> uh, and i'd like to think i'm fun yeah this has been fun by the way so okay. you know, it ain't always fun i promise you so this has been fun sometimes it's quite difficult but it's and i'm an interviewer so this has been fun so you're definitely fun okay what um what's your four favorite foods uh okay so dim sum so dumplings oh, uh, yeah. i love dumplings yeah, din tai fung is like my favorite restaurant ever Luckily, they're kind of spread out all over the world, so I've I've been to many. <laughs> um, You've got your uh, your card. <laughs> I wish they had. Um, <laughs> I love um, 
Yeah, I love a good steak. Um, what else? I, oh yeah. Okay, obviously tacos because I'm from Southern California and I couldn't eat. That's basically my sort of home food. Um, I yeah, I miss Mexican food so much. Um, and then I guess finally, um, oh, I love a good cheese platter, like charcuterie board. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I only have it at Christmas though. It's like it's one of those things just do at Christmas. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Honestly, this has been a lot of fun. It's been very easy to talk to you. Um, so yeah, thank you for putting aside this hour and, and spending it with me and being so open and honest uh, and sharing a bit of your life and what it's like to be on tour. And yeah, I really, really appreciate it. So thank you. You're thank you. Thank you so much. You've been listening to It Starts With You. My name is Sam Adams. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you'd like to find out more about me, then you can visit my website, sam-adams.com, where you can find information about my coaching and my speaking. If you're interested in finding out more about the podcast and future guests, then please visit our Facebook page, It Starts With You, and also our Instagram page, It Starts With You Podcast. Thanks very much and have a great day.